You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Maybe you should actually take a lap, Michael. I feel like Maybe. you earned it. I mean, Michael, you, Look, I'll, I'll say this. I don't give Michael all his credit uh, because he gives himself enough credit, if I'm, if you know what I'm saying, Rashad. But uh, Michael um, did bring up the, the possibility that the Colts should go after Matty Ice. Um, I want to say like a week into the off season, probably maybe like a week after the Super Bowl. Um, I think it was like a few days after the Super February 13th to be exact. He's got a date. Look at him timestamping this stuff. Like I said, he hyped himself up enough, but he was first that I know of, of people that wanted Matt Ryan here. He deserves it. Let's give him a little round of applause, Rashad. Give it to him. He earned it. Okay. Now let's move on. Um, but yeah, I mean, congrats, Mike. Congrats. You, you earned it. Maddie ice guys. I don't even want to talk about me. Maddie ice. Well, I'll exclude Rashad from this conversation because he didn't want him before. Um, so, I mean, if, if we want to bring up, I have the screenshots. Okay. If we want to bring up that conversation long ago, um, but Rashad, let, c- come in here, man. I'll, I'll, I'll let you get into in, in on the talk, man. Maddie ice is now, in Indianapolis. We're going to talk all about it. We're going to get into his press conference. We're going to get into all the good stuff that Matty Ice brings brings to the table. But I would just want to get everyone's initial reactions from everything. So, Rashad, I'll start with you. When the news broke, Matt Ryan's coming to Indianapolis. What were your initial thoughts? Um, I wasn't shocked because, obviously, um, me and Dustin was on top of the story uh, for about 
what about four four days? Because I think I tweeted it's kind of cold outside about four days prior to the signing, and um, that was kind of like a hint that things was looking good on that front. You know, it was it was still kind of fluid because at that time Deshaun Watson was looking like he was headed to Atlanta, so we pretty much knew that that was the landing spot for Matt Ryan had the trade went through, but ever since he picked you know Cleveland, things kind of switched up. So we was kind of worried. You know, me and Dustin spent a lot of phone calls talking to each other and a lot of text messages we exchanged trying to get things uh, solidified, see if our stories matched up the things we was hearing. So when we finally realized that it was going to be Matt, um, it was exciting, man. It, it was exciting to hear, you know, Carson, the Carson trade went through last year. I, it just kind of wasn't that, you know, it didn't move the needle that much for me. I was optimistic about what I thought he could be, but I know what Matt Ryan is. You know, it's, it's not that much of a guessing game this time. I pretty much know what Matt's been his whole career, and that's very exceptional. You know, he's a he's a good quarterback. He's always been above average, always in the top half of the quarterbacks. You know, I'm excited to have him, man. When the news broke, you know, like I said, even knowing days in advance that I felt like it was going to go this way, it still was the – the weight of the world coming off my shoulders now that that announcement was finally made and, and the Colts can go back to being normal for once. Dustin, what well, about you, man? Matt, I Matt don't Ryan. know if, I don't know if normal is the word I'll ever use about Colts <laughs> nation. Um, but man, oh man, it felt like a hundred years trying to find who the quarterback was going to be. Sam Ellinger was quarterback one of my depth chart for too damn long. Uh, that's all I'm going to say about it. Um, but, I mean, yeah, I mean, Matt Ryan, um, it, it was a pretty long process, um, about 10 days altogether that the Colts and Falcons had discussed it. Um, the only bump in the road that there ever was was Deshaun Watson kind of spurning the Falcons. I mean, people are going to say that he was leaning the Falcons, but Atlanta had been all but told he was coming. Um, he, he spurned them. He, he pulled a McDaniels. And this is not as bad because it wasn't announced, but he, he spurned the Falcons. Um, so when that happens, that's when me and Rashad had to kind of figure out, pick up what was going on and try to figure out what was next because it was all about would Atlanta still move Matt Ryan? Was Matt Ryan irritated by the possibility that he was being replaced that way? There was just so many moving parts. And man, oh, man, did Colts Nation let us know in the comments um, that they wanted to know the answer. But, I mean, I, I can give a little bit of the behind the scenes of what I know. Um, this all started um, when the Colts, when the Falcons approached Matt Ryan, they because they did let him know that they were approaching Deshaun Watson. Now, the situation that was different, like in Cleveland, was Baker wasn't made aware. Um, Baker Mayfield obviously requested a trade as soon as he found out they were interested um, and did request to come to Indy. Um, I've said it multiple times, and I know there's been some contradicting reports from other people, but Baker Mayfield was never an option for Indianapolis. Um, he, he, they had no interest. It, they never made an offer. They never made a call about him. Baker was never coming here. It was always going to be Matt Ryan if that move kind of happened because of the Deshaun Watson situation. Now, the thing that came up was Deshaun Watson didn't go there. Um, so then a lot of things had to go. But Matt Ryan, it all came down to Matt Ryan, if he wanted to be traded or not. Atlanta kind of gave him the choice. And he kind of said that in his press conference, and he kind of alluded to it. Um, he, he got to talk with Frank Reich and Chris Ballard during this whole process, and they made him feel comfortable enough that Indy was where he wanted to go. Indy was the only spot 
for Matt Ryan. He said that, and that could just be player talk sometimes, but he there was no other option. He was not going to Seattle. Seattle was the other team being mentioned about him. Matt Ryan had no interest going to Seattle. Russell Wilson just struggled. He was not going to Seattle. He wasn't going to the other two teams in the Deshaun Watson race. Carolina and New Orleans are in the division. He wasn't going there. It was Indy or Atlanta. Obviously, the good guys won out, and Matt Ryan is an Indianapolis Colt. I do want to shout out uh, the Falcons GM. Uh, his name is escaping me. Um, it, it was said earlier today he, he was speaking – about the trade. And I do want to give him some credit because not a lot of GMs do this. You know, um, he said, I, I know I have the tweet uh, here. I'm going to look for it. But in the meantime, it just felt like the right, the right fit. And I know I've been on Jimmy G and uh, a little bit. And literally that's, I literally thought that was going to be it like two weeks ago. But once everything started calming down once everything started you know going into plays guys started making decisions it just made all the sense in the world to just keep on going in the back of my head even when Deshaun Watson chose Atlanta I just kept telling myself like there's got to be there's still got to be some hope there I mean Matt Ryan is not happy clearly and he's probably going to want more money out of it or just want to be somewhere else so I'm not entirely sure, you know, the whole deal with that. But Matthew Ryan is is here in Indianapolis. So, guys, I want to get it to you, get it to the press conference that while I'm still looking, uh, while I'm still looking for this uh, quote. But I'm going to start with Destin here with the initial re- uh, reaction to Matt Ryan's press conference. And I. I, I see a commentating career after Matt Ryan's football career. I'll just say that he was the ultimate pro. Everything he said in the press conference did not surprise me. It's basically, I'm not going to say anything I haven't already said about Matt Ryan. So Destin, I'll start with you. Uh, what were some of the takeaways that you took away from his cre- press conference? Yeah. I mean, Matt Ryan, when he speaks really reminded me more of the Philip Rivers, Peyton Manning pressers that we've been able to experience. I mean, just a very poised, well put together individual, really good speaker. You could tell that he had rehearsed what he was going to say. Um, he really wanted to get all his points across, whether that was thanking Atlanta and the people and the fans and the media there, and just also being able to speak pretty candidly um, about how everything went down. I mean, I don't know about you guys, but I feel like that was – as authentic of a presser kind of going through the trade situation that we've ever seen from a trade candidate. Um, He even opened up saying he didn't want to get into what happened behind the closed doors, but I mean, he gave us a real, a lot um, of what happened Um, and he gave fans a lot and um, just being able to do that and just do it in a professional manner. um, I really respected. Um, I think he's a, we we said it beforehand. The reason we thought Matt Ryan made the most sense is because he was a pros pro on and off the field. We've, we've seen the on the field via his game tape, but we got a firsthand look of what the off the field Matt Ryan looks like in that presser. We got to meet his family. We got to meet the two little boys rocking the number two Jersey already. Um, We got to meet his wife. It's just Matt Ryan coming here, I guess, to me, the thing that excites me, the most even more than the on the field situation is the leadership that Matt Ryan has was oozing off of him. When, when you left Carson Wentz's situation, it was, there were still questions um, of what this next year is going to be. I have no doubt in my mind 
that we will not be in a situation next year that the Colts aren't succeeding because Matt Ryan isn't giving his, his all. There's no doubt in my mind. Whether Matt Ryan takes a step back because of age and all those other things, sure, those things could happen. But the reason we don't succeed will not be because he didn't give 100,000% on the field. Yeah, Dustin, I think you're absolutely right. Um, one thing that stood out to me the most is probably how vulnerable Matt was in the press conference, how open and honest he was. You know, he spoke about the things that made him uncomfortable throughout the situation, how he's never been in that position before. He's seen it happen to a thousand different guys, but it has never happened to him before. And he was straight up, man. He was honest saying he had the choice. Uh, Terry Fontenot, GM for the Falcons, gave him the choice on whether he wanted to stay or did he want to go. And he's seen the direction that the Atlanta Falcons in. Come on, it's you know that going to Indianapolis I won't say going somewhere else because he specifically said Indianapolis is the place he wanted to go and the only place that he wanted to go so he decided that Indianapolis was a better place for him um you know him having the same agent as Matthew Stafford and seeing the success that Matthew Stafford had last year I'm sure really impacted his decision you know uh Matt Ryan lives in Georgia Matt Stafford still has a home in Georgia you know those guys communicate a lot and I'm sure he he consulted with him throughout this whole process before making such a drastic decision. And Matt even mentioned that, you know, he, he got a chance to look at the Colts closely in depth during the season because he was preparing for the Buffalo game. And they looked at some recent games that Buffalo had. And, and one of them had happened to be the Colts game with Jonathan Taylor ran wild on Buffalo, you know, and he, and he fell in love with Jonathan Taylor. He decided to go back and check out some more games to see why the Colts was on his roll that they was on before, you know, the, the season tanked the last two games. But he was familiar. He had done his homework. He knew everything that he was getting with this Indianapolis franchise. Uh, he, he admired Chris Ballard, Frank Wright, and the whole staff that they have in place here. Uh, it's set up for him, for a quarterback like him to step in and take control He's just a consummate professional, man. He, he he looked great up there. Nice tailored suit, clean. Kids looked excited. Uh, Marshall was was giving high fives to everybody in the back. It was exciting to see, man. I, I'm, I'm so excited to have Matt Ryan as our next Indianapolis Colts quarterback. Yeah, I did end up finding the uh, quote earlier today. Uh, Falcons general manager, uh, Terry Fon Fontanet, is that how you say it, Rashad? Fontenot. Fontenot, okay, Fontenot. Mm -hmm. It was more important for us to do right by Matt than to try to maximize compensation. Yes, we probably could have opened it up and talked to every team and gotten more compensation. So clearly that's a little something that John Lynch is not mm -hmm. doing for Jimmy Garoppolo. But it's nice to know, you know, this doesn't happen in the NFL often. And it feels good that a general manager said, you know what? Let's do right by the guy that built this franchise up to where it is now. He won a lot of games, led us to a Super Bowl game, won an MVP here. I mean, he he was the guy that transitioned from the Dome to the Mercedes-Benz Stadium, and, and, it, and it felt good. My The biggest takeaway I, I took, of course, I mean, nothing truly surprised me because I've just been all over Matt Ryan the last two months. But one quote stuck, stood out to me. 
in his press conference. And it, when he was asked about leadership, he, he went on to talk about, you know, there's different ways. And of course, it's always, you know, giving, you know, you want to give to your teammates, give to the community. But a thing that he highlighted, which almost spoke to almost like one of the problems that was in this locker room last year was, you know, there's going to be values and there's always going to be this, but there are some things that are non-negotiable, non-negotiable. That means you're here for practice every day. If you want to be a part of this team, you're going to be here at OTAs. You're going to be here in mini camp. You're going to be here in training camp. You're going to do what you need to do as a football player for the Indianapolis Colts to be successful. And that's how I took that call. That, that, that was just me. I don't know how Chris, Frank, whatever the case may be. Uh, and Matt Ryan did say he had the chance to meet with Frank, uh, Marcus Brady, Parks Frazier, Chris Ballard Saturday night and really just talk. They, they met and they talked and obviously everything went great. So I'm just happy because what you get in Matt Ryan and I, I just always laughed at these quotes from people saying he's too old. He's not good. Uh, oh, like, like they try to downplay it. Like, oh, he's not the guy. Like, he is the guy. He's our guy in 2022. The goal is always going to be to go find that guy for the next 15 years. But we got the guy for the next two to three. So I, I just laughed at everything because more people started to study him. And they're like, oh, man, he's actually pretty good, you know. So, yeah, welcome <laughs> to the club. Um, so I'm excited about all of it, guys. I'm, I'm really, um, you know, we're going to get into what this thing does for the Indianapolis Colts. But one thing we have to do within the AFC is where would Matt Ryan rank as a quarterback in this entire AFC? I mean, obviously everything is going to go number one to Patrick Mahomes. Who would you guys have as number two? Would we, would we go Russell Wilson? I'll probably go Josh Allen. Josh Allen. Yeah. That's where I, that's where I was leaning. Mm -hmm. I think, I think, I think Mahomes and Josh Allen are closer to being one a and one B then people realize I'll put Josh, Josh Allen, Allen at two. Yeah. I'll put Josh Allen at two. Um, he's two, Dustin. That's why it's two. I, I, I'll put him at two. I'll put by him every at metric. Two. He's two, Dustin. I know I'll, he's close. You know, he, he's trying at, to. You know, I, yeah. I by said, every metric, I said he's two. it's getting closer to being one A one B. But I'll keep him at two for now. Um, I'll definitely keep Josh Allen at two for now. Um, I think the next one's really really close. It's really all about preference to me. Um, it's probably the Justin Herbert. Um, Joe Burrow realm I would take those two over Russell Wilson personally um, just because we, we've kind of seen Russell Wilson take a slight step down he's still a great quarterback and he's who I would have follow those two guys before I get uh, attacked in my mentions um, Dustin, not, this is about Matt Ryan not number three why is Matt need, Ryan not to number hype three him up we need to go for the headlines Matt Ryan is the second best quarterback behind Josh Allen. That's the headline for the show. I think what I would say currently, as I look at the AFC, I probably think Matt Ryan, if Deshaun Watson is able to play this next year, we'll kind of see if the NFL brings down any sort of suspension there. It's really hard to tell still there. If Watson is on the field playing, I think Matt Ryan's the ninth best quarterback in the AFC is where I'd probably have him. Um, so I'd have him personally after Mahomes, after mm -hmm. Josh Allen, um, the Justin Herbert, Joe Burrow, it really just depends on who you are and the order you have them in for me. Russell Wilson would go. Mm -hmm. um, I would put 
Deshaun Watson, of course, in there. Deshaun Watson. I mean, Deshaun Watson would be above Russell Wilson if he's playing. So Watson, Wilson. Mm-hmm. So there's six guys. Um, I would probably put Lamar at yep. seven. Yep. Mm-hmm. Derek Carr at eight, and then Matt Ryan at nine. I think yeah. I think that's how okay. my mine would roll. I I would have Matt Ryan above Ryan Tannehill, who some would probably say is in that realm. The rookies from last year, it's kind of tough. We'll see what the second-year jump looks like for them. I think Trevor Lawrence will be better this year. Zach Wilson could take a step. Justin Fields could take a step. Mac Jones had a really good rookie year. I, I think I think Matt Ryan, right now for me, would be solid at nine in the AFC. And that's not even that, that's not even a bad thing because there's just so many good quarterbacks in the AFC. That's not even a bad thing. Number nine in the AFC could end up being number four in the NFC. Right. That's, that's yeah, just, it, it, it really is that, that close, you know, as far as the elite talent that's in the AFC, I got him at, I got him at eight. I got him slightly above uh, Derek Carr. Yeah. I know some people might say that's preposterous, but that's, that's just how I feel. I'm um, yeah. I got him. Got him at eight. I have him at eight as well. I do have him above now, Rashad and I were thinking the same thing on this. I have him above Derek Carr only because before the snap, this dude, Matt Ryan, and I keep, I keep talking about it, and you guys have heard me talk about it. Pre-snap is about maybe 50 60% of the quarterback job in the NFL. Getting out of bad plays, getting into good plays, setting your guys up for a better route, getting taking advantage of matchups you see. It, it's just that has a lot to do with it. I think Matt Ryan does it a little bit better than Derek Carr, even though Derek Carr is still good at it. I think Matt Ryan is elite at that Mm -hmm. in the decision-making pre-snap. So now that we've talked about, you know, where does Matt Ryan stack up in the AFC? Where do the Colts stack up in the AFC now? Because remember, we're not just talking about just Matt Ryan. We also added Yannick Ngakwe. So our pass rush is now reliable it's taken a huge step forward i'm not gonna you know say it's a leader or anything but at least we're above average now at least we can say that for the least um i think we can get into all these debates you know everybody wants to get into oh you know they're not better than any afc west team they're not better than the bills they're not better than the Bengals or anything like that you're not gonna get a one seed this year you're not probably not gonna get a two the only thing I care about this year is being number one in the AFC South. And right now, I think that's where the Colts are. Because with a average pass rush, pathetic play at left tackle, pathetic play, or not really pathetic, but average play at quarterback, you still had Tennessee on the ropes in both games. Now you're adding Yannick Ngakwe. Now you add Matt Ryan, the two most important positions in football. You upgraded big time. I think the Colts are already set up to be the best team in the AFC South. That's really all I care about as to where they stack up in the AFC. Rashad, where are you at? Where do they stack up in the AFC and also the AFC South? Um, I have the four the four AFC teams, uh, AFC West teams above them. I have um, Buffalo as well. And then from the AFC North, I have the Bengals and the Browns ahead of them. So that would make them eight. Like you say, but it don't matter, you know, as far as especially when it comes to you playoffs. mean Bengals and Browns or Bengals and Ravens? Bengals and Browns. And the Browns? Yes. Deshaun Watson. 
Yo, with Deshaun Watson? Yeah. That I mean, we have we have to assume he's playing until yeah, he's not. That, it, okay. And that's okay. only yeah, that's only okay. if Deshaun Watson's playing with arguably the best uh running back uh duo in the NFL and adding Amari Cooper. I, I think that team is talented. Um but if he doesn't play, I, I got the Colts, Ravens in the same tier. Uh Tennessee's right there. New England's right there. I have those teams kind of uh, muddied up in that next group, right underneath those groups. You, that you got that Miami behind them. You got Miami behind that group. Yeah, I got Miami way behind them. Tua has to show me something. I'm excited about the move they made, though. I, I like having Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle on the field at the same time. That is going to be scary. With Jaseki at the tight end spot, that, that's going to be a scary offense if they have somebody to get them the ball. If it's not two, it'll be check down Charlie. I mean, uh, two gloves, Teddy. Crosses that, that, all day. Crosses all day. You're right. You're right. But, yeah, man, I think the coach is right there in that group that's underneath the contenders in, in that second tier of AFC teams. It's loaded, but I, I definitely see a way that the coach can make the playoffs. They definitely can win the division. And I know people are, are, are drooling over the AFC West, but all four of those teams won't make the playoffs. It's impossible for all four. Uh, maybe three get in, three should get in, but it's a possibility too that they do so much damage to each other. It hurts them more than anything, you know. So, so we'll see how that play out, how that shake out. And we know the NFL injuries happen, so this none of this stuff goes like like we're saying it's gonna go right now in March. But we'll see. I'm excited to see though. I, I will entertain this question though. Who is number one in the AFC? Me. Personally, if I had to choose one team that is number one, I can't even. I'm I'm going with the Chargers. I think Sebastian Joseph Day, Khalil Mack, J.C. Jackson, Derwin James, Kenneth Mertz, that defensive lineup, man. And maybe it's just the defense that's the part for me that I just think I just allude to, but. Kansas City was already average on defense. They got worse, and their offensive line is obviously great with Creed Humphrey in the middle. Um, took a took a, a hit at the wide receiver position today. Now, of course, the draft hasn't happened yet, so we'll see where that is. But Kansas City is the last team in the AFC West, and they still got the best quarterback. But the Chargers, in my opinion, man, that team. They loaded. They loaded. They're loaded. I mean, I, I mean, the AFC West in general is loaded. I guess the Chargers, who I'd put at the top of the AFC West. Now, if I was making a list of like who is the most likely team to get the one seed out of the AFC next year, I'd probably say the Bills. The Bills, yeah. Um, I, I think the Bills have added enough on the defensive side of the ball to get excited about, and they were already a dynamic offense. Um, they're they're gonna they're gonna score points. And now it's just Von adding Von Miller to get to the to the get to the quarterback is a big move. And the AFC West have to play each other six games a year. That's nuts. The thing that helps the Colts, I mean, going out and getting Matt Ryan, I mean, he definitely puts you in the conversation to have the best quarterback or best team in the in the AFC South. Um, but in my opinion, he like the Colts should be the favorite to come out of the AFC South with Matt Ryan instead of Carson Wentz from last year. Um, and for the Colts, I mean, it's a two-team race for the division title. For the Bills, it's a two-team race for the division title. For the AFC West, it's a four team. For the AFC North, it's a three to four team because, 
I mean, the Steelers have Mr. Trubisky, but Mike Tomlin finds ways to win on that team, man. Like, no matter who's under center, they, they, they weren't under 500 when Mason Rudolph played an entire season, basically. Um, I'm never going to count the Steelers entirely out. Um, they technically made the playoffs last year with a what Ben was last year. I don't even know what to call that quarterback play, um, and they made the playoffs. So I'm never going to put the Steelers 100% out of it. Um, so that's a three to four team race in the AFC North. There's a four team race in the AFC West, probably a two team, maybe three team. If the dolphins take a big enough step, um, in the AFC East, and then you have the AFC South, which the Jaguars, I mean, they, they win the Super Bowl um, in March every year when free agency opens and then the season comes around and we'll, we'll see if any of it matters. If making Christian Kirk, the fifth highest paid receiver was a good decision or not. Uh, I, I would still say it right now. It's a two team race in the AFC South, at least this year. Um, so the culture in a position where it's a little bit different. I mean, they, I think there's a real possibility that they end up being one of those top seeds because there's just going to be so much war in these other divisions. And I mean, <laughs> I felt no confidence for 17 games. I felt no confidence from our previous quarterback. Even, even last year's when the trade went down, Hey, the physical tools are there, but where is he between the ears? Where is he mentally with Matt Ryan? You don't have any of those questions. You don't have, have any of them. This is a guy that in Atlanta, your defense was horrible. There was no pass rush to speak of. There was no pass defense to speak of. The offensive line was bad. Your best offensive weapon walked away from the game, ended up betting online and having the worst negative gross wages in betting history. And he still got the Falcons to seven and 10. Are you kidding me? If it wasn't for Matt Ryan, the Falcons probably have the number one overall seed right now. And now Matt Ryan comes in, and this is where I feel a lot better about the Colts now moving forward, especially if, now, of course, it's still an if. If you get to January, this is a guy who you, who you believe in when it's a minute 50, two minutes left on the clock, and you're down by two, you're down by five, you have all the confidence in the world in this guy to get it done. That's just the thing. Yes, are these quarterbacks better? If you meet Patrick Mahomes in the playoffs, are you worse in the quarterback department? Yes, but that doesn't mean your quarterback situation is not good. So when you get out on that field, Matt Ryan has a chance to beat Patrick Mahomes, and the likelihood of that happening, especially against that defense, is pretty high. And I would take that every single day, and that's what I wanted. Someone who maximizes this roster what Matt Ryan was with Julio Jones I am now excited about what he's going to be with Michael Pym Michael Pym is not on that same tier of Julio Jones yet he's not there he, he's not even close but okay thank you with Matt yeah I wanted to say that before Rashad got in here um but so we're proud of you Michael that, yes. that, that's, that's a step in the right direction that's for a you. step in the right direction but I am excited to see Michael Pittman with Matt Ryan this is one of the other than Matt Ryan being here Michael Pittman and Matt Ryan teaming up two to 11 again for Matt Ryan. I'm just excited about it. Yeah. I mean, it opens up everything, man, for, for a guy like Michael Pittman, you know, he had to deal with, with Carson's inconsistencies as well. You know, he got up to a great start and then he kind of hit like a mid season slump. 
That's something you probably won't have to worry about with, with Matt Ryan. That's a guy that's going to consistently find you. And he he's definitely going to benefit from having a guy like Michael Pittman, a, a big, strong guy, a guy that can go up and get the ball. Because Matt's going to give you a shot, man. If you got those one-on-one situations, Matt's going to give you an opportunity. He's not going to be reckless with the football. And, and, and I really think the other guys that's going to benefit the most from this is, is Paris Campbell, Naheem Hines. The, the yak guys, the guys that's that's really great at getting the ball in their hands and turning it upfield and making a play. Naheem Hines was pretty much uh, non-existent in our offense last year. And after he had such a great year with Phillip the year before, you know, we saw him suffer. We saw his production drop off. He had just got paid. A lot of people was, was upset with him, but it wasn't really his fault. He just had a quarterback that didn't play to his strengths. Now that we have a guy like Matt Ryan back there, he's going to see a lot more passes, a lot more opportunities to get the ball in space and make a play, something that he excels at. And hopefully Paris Campbell can get healthy. And he's a guy that we saw benefit with Phillip Rivers as well. I mean, his first game that he played before he got injured for the rest of the season, he was the leading receiver for the Colts that game against Jacksonville to open up uh, the 2020 season. So hopefully we get that Paris Campbell that played with Phillip Rivers that, that game for a season, we can finally see them put a full healthy season together. And, and those guys are, are really going to be excited to see what Matt Ryan brings to the table. Yeah. Shout out our draft writer, Jake. Uh, you know, that's his name on Twitter. Naheem Hines resurrection season. And <laughs> shout out Jake. <laughs> shout out Jake, man. Um, another place where I want to see a little bit of development here. I really hate our tight end room. I hate it. But how you're the I biggest am, Marley I am, Cox I am fan willing, there is. I am willing, and I am still in the process of talking myself back into it. Marley Cox did not have a very good quarterback last year. That's not his fault. You know, in that overtime game, when in the overtime against Tennessee, when Carson threw into quadruple coverage. He had Molly Cox wide open on the sideline. Now, would he would have would he have caught it? I don't know. But with Matt Ryan, you know he gets the ball to Mo right there, or Jonathan, who could have took it off for 30, 40 yards. I am willing to open my heart and my mind up to Molly Cox again because Matt Ryan is in town now. Off-season work. Are they gonna build a rapport? Are they gonna get going? Kylan Granson. Right now, the way it looks, the Colts are putting a lot of pressure. Pressure is on Kylan Granson to develop quickly. And I, I don't like that. That's why I really need a tight end in here. And a rookie sort of really just isn't going to change that because uh, there's not a Kyle Pitts and you're not in the first round this year. So Molly Cox has got to be that guy. He's got to be the guy that M Matt can rely on because in I've said on I've said it for the past couple of years. A tight end and Frank Reich system just changes this offense. It changes it, especially if you have the dominant run game now. So with Mo, we already know he's a solid blocker. But can he be our tight end one, which he currently is right now? I am working myself. I am opening my mind and opening my heart to it. I'm more open to him now than I was last week. Because at the end of the day, I'm going to have to root for this guy for because he's our tight end one. And he's going to be day one unless something just falls out of the sky. So it's Mo Ali Cox season again, everybody. Okay? 
Say that again. I couldn't hear you. Sorry, my headphones went out. It is Mo Ali Cox season (laughs) again, everybody. I believed in him once, and it was a little bit back and forth between him and Carson and why it didn't work out. But now he has the quarterback to get it done. So now Mo really doesn't have any other excuse now. So, Mo, I'm back on the train. Do not disappoint me for a sixth year in a row. Please. Destin. He's definitely, definitely going to disappoint you. But go ahead. <laughs> See, here's the thing. I feel like for Wally Cox to uh, make you happy, you'd probably have to be like a 1,200-yard season. 1,500 yards, 20 touchdowns. touchdowns. Something nuts for you to be able to, like, finally get off this man. But um, I think – I'm not going to push back on it because I think the tight end room is still an issue. But I guess the thing that I'm going to point out is really no matter who the tight end is – Matt Ryan's find has found a way to produce. I mean, people are going to say Austin Hooper was a pro bowler. He's only been a pro bowler with Matt Ryan. He's looked very below average in Cleveland. And now he's going to Tennessee, and I bet he's very upset that he signed a day before Matt Ryan was traded to Indy with the Titans. I, I bet he's kicking himself that he's not able to reunite with Matt Ryan. But – Kyle Pitts this past year had a pretty good rookie season. kind of turned it on near the end. He struggled at first because, again, rookie tight ends really struggle in the NFL. Even a generational guy like Kyle Pitts struggled at first. I guess, to me, the situation is going to come and go for me now. Malik Cox got his paycheck. He, he got six a year. That's a pretty good deal for a guy coming up from VCU, never playing organized football. That, that's that's pretty good um, for getting that first contract. And I wanted him back. That was more than I thought he would get. So now I'm just interested to see what Mo does with it. I'm excited to see um, what he steps into because, again, I think Matt Ryan is going to use him in a way that can produce some numbers to be able to warrant the contract he got. I still think they're probably going to add probably two to three tight ends before training camp starts. They'll probably end training camp with three or four on the roster, depending on how everything goes. They're going to have a log jam at receiver. They have a lot of these young receivers they like, and they have to add probably two to three more before camp. So I'm just going to be really interested to see how this all plays out, but I wouldn't count the tight ends currently on the roster out. I think, I think Matt Ryan is going to benefit them more than people think. I'm not mad at that. I'm not mad at that. Uh, I expect Kylan Granson to take a leap, you know, on one more year, getting familiar with this system, learning a playbook, uh, learning what was asked for him to do. We can see him similar to a Trey Burton role. I know that was the projection on him uh, when we did player comps uh, a year ago. So hopefully he he's, he gets into that mold and he can, he can be that that change of pace tight end, that, that ballot and Frank Wright was hoping he'd be when they drafted him because they was excited. I don't know if y'all remember, they was excited about him on draft day, man. Frank Wright was was jumping up and down saying he got his guy. So obviously they, they envisioned something special, a specific role for him. And I think that's what we're looking for him to start to become next season. Definitely going to get more opportunities with, with Jack Boyle retiring. Uh, there's a couple... There's not really much on a free agent tight end market. Um, a guy I could see them adding in that role probably on a one-year deal. Guy that's up in age is probably uh, somebody like Jerry Cook. I can see coming in here, playing that role, speed guy, receiving threat, you know, giving Matt Ryan a safety valve. I could see that him fitting in with those along with Moelle Cox and, and Colin Granson. 
Yeah, Jer- Jared Cook, isn't he like 38 years old? He's he's forever years old, man. Hey, man, as long as he's keeping up with his body and he's in shape mm-hmm. and he's healthy, man, all power to him. All power to him. I, I would, before we get into uh, the free agent segment here, guys, I would, dis- no- I would dismiss any notion that this is not a good move, that this is a step back, that this is just whatever the case may be. I mean, I've heard... I've heard it all. I've heard it all. I mean, Chris Ballard went for another old guy. He went like this old, th- this old narrative. I, j- I just don't get it. Quarterbacks are playing longer into their thirties. Now Matthew Stafford was not uh, Matt Ryan's age, but he also wasn't that much younger either. Matt Ryan did allude and he did hint at, you know, he's seen Tom Brady go to another team, win a Super Bowl, go to Matt Ryan or go to, seen Matthew Stafford go to LA win a Super Bowl he's hoping this is the same way in Indy now we're not set up like the Rams were uh we don't have those weapons although you know LA has Aaron Donald we have DeForest Buckner we don't have a Jalen Ramsey but we also do have a Darius Leonard there's just some things that you got to figure out and with Matt Ryan I I like my money I put my money on him in the playoffs that's what I feel good about. That's why I wanted this move. So, guys, if y'all want to continue to say that he's old, he's a statue, there's nothing more that I could say, that Rashad could say, that Destin could say that's going to change your minds. Let's get to the season. Let's get to game one or even training camp, and let's change your mind. All right? And well, so- if he was – if the old thing would make sense to me more, if we gave up anything that would have hindered us – from getting a younger option in the building. But yeah. that's not the case. We got rid of one third, the later third that we owned this season for Matt Ryan. That, that's the reason it ended up being a perfect situation. This doesn't hinder us. If anything, let's say Matt Ryan isn't here. And from what I've heard, what Rashad has heard, what Zach Hicks has reported, is that if this Matt Ryan trade doesn't happen, Mariota's probably been signed to the Indianapolis Colts. Oh, God. So if Mariota's <laughs> brought here, you're almost pigeonholing yourself into having to draft a quarterback this season. And I'm not saying the Colts won't draft a quarterback this season. There's guys they like. If there's an option for them to get one, that I could see them doing it. Now, do I think they'll trade up still? I, I'm not sure. Um, it, it'd probably have to be a really good value for them now that they don't have to do that. But when Mariota was here, I think they almost would have had to trade into the first round to get a guy that they liked because you could not roll into next year with Mariota and no answer going forward. Matt Ryan gives you at least two seasons to where if a quarterback falls in your lap that you like this year, you take him. Next year, you, you, you have the ability. You're going to have the capital. There's a good chance you have two seconds next year and your first and your third. You're owning all your picks next year. They're in position to do whatever they want. This Matt Ryan trade was perfect for the current and the future of the Colts, and that's why I don't think the age thing matters to me. I'm not, I'm not concerned with his age either. Yeah, I'm not even. I'm not even looking at the age, dude. The film tells me everything I need to know. I mean, I I know what his age is, but again, I feel like this Matt Ryan move. If the Colts add some good pieces, and I do think this has the potential to be a Matthew Stafford type move. Now you're not set up where the Rams were last year. You still got ways to go at wide receiver. You need to find a corner. Um, so you, you need to find those things. 
first, but I like where they're at right now. They're in a, they're in the easiest division in the conference. If you win that, you get a home playoff game, and we all know what we say. We don't care. Just get in the playoffs. And that's what happens. That We'll see. I'm excited about it, guys. Of course, we still got the draft. We still got some free agents. We're going to get into that right now, guys. So let's go ahead and get into it. Quarterback is no longer a need, guys. My prayer has been answered. Marcus Mariota is not my quarterback in 2022. <laughs> so uh, I probably wouldn't have even... I probably wouldn't even make the trip to training camp if Marcos Mariota was my quarterback, honestly. So now I have something to look forward to in January or in January, in July or August, whenever we all decide to go, guys. Um, so getting into wide receivers, okay? They, we're going to get into this market because clearly this is what the Colts need to attack. Uh, excuse me, guys. So available names still on the market. You still got guys like Will Fuller, Julio Jones. We've heard a lot of his name lately already. Cole Beasley. You got uh, Marquise Goodwin, T.Y. Hilton is still out there. Jarvis Landry is still out there. Emmanuel Sanders, A.J. Green, Keelan Cole. Still got Albert Wilson. You still got Odell Beckham. He's unsigned. Traquan Smith, Destin's boy, he's available. Uh, maybe if you want to go with D.D. Westbrook, you know, the old Oklahoma Sooner. You still got some guys there. So if I'm missing anybody, please, Rashad, Destin, bring up uh, someone if I missed anybody. But if we haven't, who are some of these guys that you would at least just want to take? And I guess I'll pull a Destin here. Everybody not named T.Y. Hilton. Who would you like to see brought in here? Yeah, I mean, you mentioned a good amount of them. Um, I think Julio Jones is going to be the name that most people throw at the Colts just because of the connection with Matt Ryan's there. He's a free agent. Um, I think that'd be an interesting option. Um, personally, everyone keeps asking me about it. I haven't heard a peep about Julio Jones. That doesn't mean he's not coming. Um, I have just not heard a person tell me that there is any communication, that there's been anything going in that direction. Um, he still could be a cult. It could happen. Um, it could just be something that's just not happening yet. Um, and then the rest of the free agents, I mean, I think we know Chris Ballard at this point that receiver doesn't seem like where he's willing to swing big in free agency. It just never really feels like the position he wants to go. Um, I think the BC tier guys would make a lot of sense. Um, you mentioned Traquan Smith, who I really like. Um, a lot of speed, only 26 years old, creates pretty good separation, especially in the middle to deep area of the field. And I think he'd come cheaper than a um, Valdez Scantling that everyone is linking to the Colts, who the Colts do have interest in. They're in on that. Um, I do think he's going to end up taking the best contract possible, um, whether that's in Kansas City, Green Bay, Indy. Um, he has options, and I think that's going to be a bidding war. And usually when the word bidding war gets involved, uh, Chris Ballard likes to step back. Um, so that's why a guy like Traquan Smith really resonates with me that I just see a lot of Ballard characteristics there at receiver. Um, he's a big enough guy. He's 6'3", um, able to move like he does, and he's only 26. Um, I do think probably – if T.Y.'s back, they're probably only signing one guy and drafting one, um, especially. Um, if T.Y.'s not back, I could see them bringing two guys in. I could. Um. Well, yeah, when we're talking about uh, signing and trying to build a wide receiver room, you kind of want a guy opposite of Michael Pittman that, that has that speed to his game, a guy that can stretch the field, a guy that can take the top off the defense. So I immediately look at two guys on this list. Uh, Dustin spoke about one of them, Marcus Valdez-Scantling. He's a guy with 
with some un untapped potential, you know, uh, people are going to spend 11 million, around 11, 10, 11 million a year on him because he's a young guy. He's a he's already an established deep threat. Um, I believe he, he averaged 17, 18 yards per catch last season. That was playing with Aaron Rodgers, who I'm sure had a lot to do with that. But he's a guy that that can get out there and would be the ideal guy as far as size and speed and skill set to, to match up with Michael Pittman. But another guy, if you're looking at a, a cheaper option, a guy that's a bit more risky but won't cost you nearly as much and, and is pretty much guaranteed to get a one-year deal that can provide you with some of the same things that Valde Scanlon is, it's a guy like Will Fuller. Um, we know his past. We've seen him a lot. He played in a division with the Texans. Um, spent the last time I seen him, he was in Miami, I believe. He's a guy with a lot of potential, man. Was a clear-cut number one receiver when he was in Houston after DeAndre Hopkins parted ways. He's a guy that showed that he has that speed element to his game. He's a deep threat. But, you know, it comes with some off-the-field things, a lot of injury history, and he also had uh, has been suspended before in the past. So that's a, a little more riskier option, but you can get him for a lot cheaper. And we know Ballard likes to shop in the bargain bin. I can see him giving him a one-year prove it deal. Will Fuller having a great season and going on to sign a long-term deal somewhere else because Ballard lets those type of guys walk. He doesn't pay those type of guys. So I, I can see both of them as options. Um, I heard they do have interest in Valdez Scantling. And I also heard um, yesterday that that a call probably to just just test out where Julio is right now and his process will probably be made. But I don't know. I have no um, way to confirm that the call has been made. I, I'm sure I'm sure they call. They do. They do diligence on a lot of guys that you may not even hear about, but they just call to check the market, see what's going on with them, see how they feel, gauge their interests and, and so they can help them in their decision making process. So. I'm pretty sure they've been in touch with with guys like Julio of all this scantling and, and we'll see more more of the market unfold in these next days to come. I no, still think oh I go ahead, go ahead. No, I, I still think the next step before any signings that's gonna happen is we're gonna see a couple restructures. Um just because they have a chance to just put some money up. Um, they have they they got all the way up to twenty seven to twenty eight already just with with Matt Ryan, they could easily be just under fifty, just going to some of the vets, Kenny Moore, Buckner, um, Ryan Kelly, um, that could easily get them to just under fifty, and then this second wave is theirs. They can have whoever they want, and it, it won't even be an issue. Um, and we're we're probably going to talk about more than just receivers um, here soon, so I'll leave that for a second. Well, real quick, uh, I just want to get into one more receiver, and this is a guy that I, I really don't think it happens, but I am interested um, in it, is Odell Beckham. And this is a guy that, man, I was all the way wrong about him. I really was. I, I criticized him for what happened in Cleveland. Uh, I said, I, Rashad, um, I remember I think we were texting or we were on, on the show I think I said he cares more about the lights than he does football. He cares more about, you know, all the glamour and everything than he does, man. He got to LA and he went to work. Like he, he was so determined to change this narrative. He, he didn't take over the locker room. He understood it was Cooper cups room. He understood, you know, with Robert Woods going down, he stuck stood in stepped up into a bigger role and he went to work. 
you know, I didn't hear a peep about Odell Beckham, anything negative about him out of L.A. He went to work and he did his job. And that kind of proved to me like, man, this dude, he did, he did nothing wrong. Maybe in New York, maybe there was some of that. OK, maybe. But he grew up a little bit and he, he was humbled a little bit, knowing that not every situation I can make better. But in L.A. really showed me a lot. And I was all the way wrong about him. I criticized him unfairly. I was very ignorant to what the situation was, what it truly was. So I will apologize to Odell Beckham in that sense. But I would also still, speaking of one-year deals, I don't see him getting a multi-year deal. And if he will, if he does, God bless him. But another knee injury probably won't be available till October, November. Why not a one-year $12 million deal? Why not? Just one year. Prove it. I think I think Odell's going to have a hard time getting that market and getting that contract. I think he's going to be a guy we probably see get some traction, maybe like in the training camp route. Um, he, he's just got to get healthier. Um, start to because the thing with ACLs, and we've said this before. I mean, ACL tears are becoming more and more just less and less of a big deal, I guess is the wording I'm trying to use here um, where guys are able to get back to their selves pretty easily, but you just got to get what that timetable is going to look like. And the thing is right now, he, his time frame is going to probably include about three different months when people are talking about when he could come back. And if he, if he waits that out, gets healthier, he's going to get a more clear timetable. And that's when people will be able to kind of put him in on the radar a little bit more. So Odell's probably going to be a guy that has to wait a little bit. Um, I wouldn't mind that. It's a good time to mention. Well, since you brought it up, it's a good time to mention what he tweeted when Matt Ryan trade went down. Uh, he said, random thought, bro, I really think Matt Ryan to the coast was actually fire. I think bro will elevate and do something special over there. So Odell's paying attention. You know, um, I got a chance to speak with him immediately after the Super Bowl when we got back to the hotel. And man, completely different dude. You know, Odell grew up in New Orleans, uh, about 10 minutes away from me. So I, I've seen him a lot and engaged briefly with him a lot. He He's grown up. He's a complete different guy now. I mean, he still likes to have fun and do the Odell things, but it's from a different perspective, man. He He's always was a hard worker. It's just sometimes I think he had a problem separating the fun from the business. And it seems like now he has everything in his proper perspective. And, and he's, a, he's a great, great guy, man. And, and I would hate... As much as we're talking about him ending up on a coach, I knew the Rams would hate to lose Odell, but it's certainly a possibility with with way the market looks and what they just paid Allen Robinson. But supposedly they have enough money to sign Odell too, so we'll see how that goes on. Now, one more thing on Odell. The thing for me is if you put Odell on the roster, now, Rashad, you could probably answer this. How do the Rams feel about Van Jefferson? They, they selected him in the what, the second round of that year when Michael Pittman was in the draft? And I, I really liked Van Jefferson. Do they not believe in him as a number three behind Cooper and Robinson? It's all about firepower, man. McVay just He just wants right. to load up. He just wants to load up and make them as difficult to stop as possible. Like you say, they went at it Odell before Robert Woods went down. Right. So they, they clearly Van Jefferson wasn't – I don't want to say he wasn't – doing what he was supposed to do because the guy got the guy's a good receiver like mm -hmm. i think van jefferson is a really solid receiver but 
I just McVeigh, you know, he's an offensive mind. He envisions certain people in certain roles and he don't hesitate to pull a trigger no matter who's already on the roster. He goes out and gets different guys that he wants to fill it. He had Jerry Goff, who's a perfectly fine quarterback, but he saw more. He wanted more. He knew he could get more out of that position. And, and that's what I think happened in the Van Jefferson situation. He's like, I got a number three. What if I just get a supercharged number three, you know, like a Van Jefferson on steroids, which is Odell Beckham, you know? So that's what McVay does. McVay's always going to go for the juggler, man. And, and it's no disrespect to, to Van Jefferson. It's just when now our window is now, we got to go for it. And that's where they at. Hey, man, I, mean, I, think, I think the other third. thing that you can think about for it, though, is receiver more than a lot of positions a lot of lingering issues can pull them out of games. I mean, a lot of receivers, I feel like, deal with ham, hamstring issues more than any position in football. Yeah. Um, so I think just being able to have a lot of guys to be able to keep them all fresh is another route. I mean, we saw what happened with the Colts last year. We couldn't stay healthy to the point that Ashton Doolin and Zachary Pascal were out there running receiver two and receiver three snaps. Um, and obviously we were one of the bottom of the league receiver rooms last year. Um, but that that's just something that you have to talk about. You have to understand that if you're the Rams now is do we want to move Van Jefferson to where we have some no name having to run snaps? If I love Cooper cup, Cooper cup has had a very historical season before the season. There was never a reason to believe Cooper cup could stay healthy. Cooper Cup had multiple lingering issues. So am I supposed to believe now that he had a historical season that he's never going to deal with injuries again? I just couldn't bank on that. I think Van Jefferson is a great security blanket for them on a rookie contract. Will they lose him when it comes time to pay him? Maybe. But you get somebody else to fill that gap then when that comes in. I think that's what I see when I see how the Rams are operating their receiver room. Chris Ballard send a third-round pick to L.A. for Van Jefferson. Boom, bolster the wide receiver room. There you go. I would do honestly. I was thinking about that the other day. Like I, I think that. Well, I don't think it could be, but legitimately, I would entertain the idea. Like call LA, hey, man, y'all want Odell? Y'all trying to bolster? You got a young guy right there on a rookie contract. What, what, what's his trade value right now? I would do it. Van they Jefferson. Would, they Michael would move Pittman? him for a third. If you gave him a third, they would, they would trade it. Van Jefferson. Shoot, man, I would do it. Van and my, I loved Van. He was so. Such a good route runner coming out of Florida. Uh, anyways, guys, let's move on to the left tackle market because right now Chris Ballard went on the Pat McAfee show and he did say Matt Pryor, Matt Pryor, <laughs> Matt Pryor is going to get first dibs at the left tackle spot. Now, I did kind of maybe envision this just a little bit, but I always did think that you, you would go into free agency and, you know, get a security blanket or possibly go into the draft and get a security blanket. You know, guys, there's not really too much of them out there. Um, Eric Flowers wants a tackle. He's a guard now. I think he'll stay there. That's where he's going to stay in the NFL at. You got Nate Solder. You got Eric Fisher. I don't want him back. Uh, and you got Dwayne Brown, who is a Colts uh, favorite. I think every fan base favorite, because that's the best option on, on the market. 37 years old, but still playing at a really quality level. What do we think about the left tackle market and do we want to sign anybody or just, you know, roll with, roll with Matt Pryor? To me, Bauer's comments about Matt Pryor, the positioning of the locker, to me it says they're probably not going to go a notable vet route. I do think Dwayne Brown is what I would do, um, but I'm not sitting in the GM chair. If I had to guess what the Colts are going to do, they may sign some C-tier tackle um, to a very cheap 
contract to kind of be that, that swing tackle this year. But I think they probably want to draft one. Um, they probably wanted Pryor on a multi-year deal, but we've talked about this before. Matt Pryor's agent was probably smarter than that to not – you don't want to sign to a multi-year deal if you're Matt Pryor right now because if you go out and you play like a starting left tackle next year, that's money. That, that's, just like, that's the dollar signs. Just like Charles Leno did for Washington. And he got extended in the middle of the seasons or at, towards the end of the season. So, and I would definitely love to see that for Matt Pryor. Rashad, where are you at with the left tackle market? Um, I'm, I haven't really given much thought since Ballard made that statement that, that he said, you know, Pryor deserves to get the first crack at it. So that was pretty much it for me. And plus the market has dried up. We saw uh, the two best options out there is, like you said, Dwayne Brown and uh, – old coat faithful Eric Fisher, you know, wouldn't it be funny to end up back, back in that predicament. But I think Pryor has earned his crack at the starting job. I think it's, it'll be responsible if validity to drafts a guy, uh, get a guy that, that, that can come in and be the swing tackle, a guy that you wouldn't mind leaning on the same role that Matt Pryor was for us last year. You know, uh, I think we seen Ballard do that trade late round picks the other team to get guys that, that he really liked. And we'll see if he can get us some depth that we need on the offensive line. Now that we're going to pretty much backups for as far as right guard and right tackle. I mean, left tackle. Yeah, I, I keep going back, man. Last year's fourth round. Colts really liked Jordan Hudson out of Cincinnati. He was one of the guys that I highlighted during that draft process. And freaking Cleveland took him and. You know, they ended up taking Kylan Granson, but I think Kylan Granson would have been there in the fifth round. I still would have went with Hudson. It, so, hey, it can't always fall your way. It can't always fall your way. Uh, guard, not really sure if we're going to do anything there. Chris Ballard has mentioned uh, Danny Pinter has a chance to move to right guard. He's added some weight. Sands at 6'4", I think came into the NFL at, what, 280 coming out of Ball State. And now he at the beginning of the season, he weighed in at 330. So clearly putting on some muscle. Uh, but Chris Reed is the name that re- really we haven't heard too much on. Uh, we'll start with Destin and then we'll go to Rashad. Have we heard anything new on the Chris Reed and Colt front at all? Um, I think the hiccup in the road, the bump in the road probably stints a little bit from Chris Reed just wanting to see what his market is before he signs back with the Colts. I think they both have interest in him being back in Indy. It's just doing your due diligence, seeing what the market looks like out there. He saw what Glow signed for. They let Glow walk for a reason. Um, They didn't want to spend that money. Um, So if Chris Reed is wanting and can can get a similar offer to what um, Glowinski got from New York, it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. They like Pinter. I still think they view Pinter in a light where they would prefer – him to be that rotational guy behind Kelly that can play the guard spot as well um, because that's a valuable spot in the NFL. It's not something that I know Pinter would probably want to be his career, but the Colts always want those rotational tackles, those rotational guards, because again, injuries come in the NFL and we've seen it on the offensive line. When we don't have a guy behind Costanzo and we go against Pittsburgh and TJ Watt and uh, we have Chaz Green out there. Um, and that just can't, that, that, you don't want that to happen. So um, I think it'll just come down to if the money is right. Um, they want Chris Reed back. He, he would like to be back. It just really is going to come down to uh, how lucrative his market is out there. 
Yeah, simple as um, Glowinski signed for three years, $20 million. That's almost $7 million per. Um, Chris Reed's not going to get that from anybody. The, the guard market's pretty much is dried up as well. Ballard loves to do this to guys. You know, go out there, tell them go out there and test their market, see what they can get. And if they're not happy with what, you know, come back to the table. We got this offer on the table for you. So you at least know you got this in your back pocket. You, you go out there, you see what you can get. And if it's not an overwhelming offer from someone, I think Chris Reed will be back for for not much, you know, for uh, maybe four or five million dollars per. Yeah, but I mean, and I think that's the deal that the Colts would like to do as well. Mm-hmm. Or we can just stay cheap and just go with Danny Pinner. Right. So, so, I, so my question for you, Mike, is if that's the route, like what, what, what do you want to do behind Kelly and behind mm-hmm. Pinter next year? Uh, we can. So hey, I'll tell you this right now. The Will fact Fries. that it took longer than five seconds is because well, this becomes a, a problem. <laughs> I like Will Fries. I like Will Fries. He was a pretty solid run blocker last year when he came in, and he was a rookie, so he could still develop in the pass protection realm. Um, if he did develop over the offseason and they believe in him, I could definitely see um, that being an option where they let Pinter start and they let Will Fries kind of slide into that interior depth role for sure. You can always uh, bring back old faithful Joey Hunt. Yeah, let's right. talk about the next position. Let's right. talk about the next position. <laughs> All right, let's go into the defensive end position because this is still an area where you would like to see some depth. Uh, Yannick Ngakwe, Quiddy Pay, DeForest Buckner, Grover Stewart, Tyquan Lewis, Dio Dangbo. That's still a great, uh, still a great room. Thank God Isaac Rochelle is gone. Uh, Al-Kadi Muhammad is in Chicago. Um, Incoming Isaac Rochelle resigns with the Colts tomorrow morning. No, nope, no, nope, I rebuke that in the name of Jesus. That is the devil <laughs> trying to get into my ear, and I rebuke it. Uh, getting into this market, of course, the four starting jobs are already taken up. So getting some depth is obviously, you know, Chris Bowd always says that I want eight to nine guys that can rotate in. So guys that are still on the market, you still got guys like Clays Campbell, JPP, Jason Pierre-Paul. Uh, you still got Jerry Hughes, former Colt. Morgan Fox is an interesting one to me. Really want to see if we can get a look at him. Carl Nassib, who was recently uh, released from, what was it, Oakland, right? Well, okay. Vegas, but uh, yeah. Well, Vegas. Um, sorry, guys. Uh, not even, well, Jadavion Clowney could be good depth uh, if his ego gets out of the way and he understands that he's a backup at this point in his sorry-ass career. Uh, he had a good year in Cleveland last year. I know we're not big clowny fans on this episode, on this show. Don't get me wrong, but he had a good year last year. Dude's, dude's not signing to be a backup next year. All right, well then he's not coming. Uh, but guys, I want to get 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 it started here. Where where are we looking at? And obvious, also Komoko Toure is still out there on the market. We just had an interview with him, guys. So if you did uh miss that, go ahead and go onto the Blue Stable YouTube and check that episode out. Definitely had a good interview with him. Um. I would like to also get Kamoko to Ray back if we couldn't get any of these other guys. So Rashad, where are you at with the uh, defensive line? Um, um, the work, the major work has been done, you know, with the Yannick and Gakwe trade. Uh, so we're just really looking for some rotational pieces, just bodies. I would love to see Kamoko to Ray come back. I think he's the ideal backup for the Leo position. Uh, we can use another big body, uh, edge guy to, to back up, uh, 
Quiddy, even though I know we signed, we, we, we re-signed Taquan Lewis, but there's no telling how he's going to look coming off of that injury. Hopefully he can get back to the way he was playing pre-injury when he was arguably one of the best defensive linemen on the entire team. So, you know, I can see us adding another big body in the middle at defensive tackle, whether it's one or three technique. Um, Taylor Stalwart, is there any word on him just yet? If anybody heard anything? Haven't heard anything yet. They didn't tender him. Um, usually when that happens out of the restricted field, uh, not saying the Colts don't have interest, uh, but not enough to pay him um, that tender, which kind of makes me worried um, about if he'll be back or not. Because um, he flashed. He flashed this last season. I, he had some really, really good games, really good moments. He probably but had I, the best four-week stretch of any lineman on the Colts last yeah. year. Yeah, he did. He 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 played phenomenal, you know, in a couple of those games with, with the limited role that he saw, the limited action that we saw. But I think the most part, the defensive line is, is intact. Uh, like I said, with the, with the remainder of some couple of depth spots that we can see that's going to happen in the near future, hopefully. Um, and if y'all haven't checked out that interview with Kamoko Ture, uh, Dustin and Mike did an awesome job on that. It's on our YouTube page. Y'all go check that out. Uh, he sounds really upbeat, sounds positive, happy to be, you know, controlling his own destiny for the first time in his career. And Elkin D. Muhammad even makes a surprise, a surprise visit. Seeing him for the last time. <laughs> the last time. Yes. But uh, I mean, you mentioned Toure. I agree. I think in that Leo spot behind Yannick, um, he would just be a great guy to be able to do that. I think it would fit his skill set, and he would see a higher snap count. Um, kind of been holding him back there. The behind Quiddy area, it'll just kind of depend on who are these vets, if any of them are interested in, in at this stage of their career playing in that rotational um, part. I mean, Carlos Dunlap could be a fun one to be behind Quiddy Pay, but is he willing to be a rotational guy? I have no idea. A guy who um, isn't as big of a name that I like, that's a bigger end that can also kind of slide into that interior. So him and Taekwon Lewis could kind of split. I like Kerry Hyder. Um, he was in Seattle last year, but he was with San Fran the year prior. Um, he's a little explosive there for a 30-year-old being a bigger end. So I like Kerry Hyder. I, would I wouldn't hate that signing either. Hey, uh, Arden Key is not off the market, is he? Um, I think Arden Key signed yesterday or today somewhere. I could, be, I could be wrong, um, but I thought I saw his name. A couple others while I looked this up and Solomon Thomas, um, he was linked yeah. to the Colts last cycle. Um, he was in Vegas last year, so has a um, connection to Gus um, and uh, um, DeForest and his time in San Francisco. Um, another guy who's an indie guy um, from the Indiana area, Ryan Kerrigan, uh, was a free agent, a guy you could look at that could, might be want to be a rotational guy at this point in his career. I'm not seeing anything on Arden Key, so he might be a free agent. Maybe the thing Let's I saw was he was Arden maybe he was Key. going to visit somebody. Let's go get Arden Key. Arden Key season. Come on, give it to me. Give it to me. I want the goods. I want the key to the kingdom. All right. Let's move on here, guys. Let's get to get. Let's get into the last position uh, before we wrap it up here, guys. Let's do the secondary. Okay, secondary in general, because we really do need some help there. We don't have I backups. wonder 
I wonder who the listeners are wanting us to talk about. Oh, I mean, man. has anybody else's feed just been really silent when it came to DBs this last week? I mean, I, I don't know if there's a person they want to talk about. I guess, I guess one person we could talk about. I don't know if you guys would be that interested. I, I really love. I've really yeah. become a fan <laughs> of Honey the last couple of days. Mm. <laughs> but uh, I mean, so Tyquan Matthew is a free agent. Uh, who's Tyquan Matthew? <laughs> Oh what! Oh, I was talking about Taekwondo. Oh, you're talking, I thought that was me. <laughs> the Honey Badger guys. <laughs> I apologize. Um, see, no one's talking about it. That's why it's just like not in my head. Uh, but the, he he's got a market. Um, from what I have been told, um, it looks like it's coming down to about three teams. India's in the mix. They have interest. Um, Matthew has interest in the Colts. It's just going to really depend on where he thinks is the best fit for him. Um, if I had to make a guess right now where he signed, I'd probably say Vegas. But, I mean, that's just a guess. Um, but I really do think the Colts are in on him, and we'll see how it all comes down in the end. I think he'd be a great type. I mean, Gus likes to run those three safety sets. He likes to have that hybrid safety playing a full-time role, and he probably would be the perfect guy for it, a guy who's able to do a little bit of both, uses instincts to make the most, um, and he's a, he's a turnover-type player, and that, the Colts like to run a defense where we're very heavy turnover-oriented. We want him to turn over the ball. Um, I think he'd be a great guy to get on the field for sure. Yeah, man, uh, this this defense is made for a guy like like Tyron. Uh, put him in a role, kind of like a star role, you know, a hybrid role. We can even see him um, play the slot cornerback and push Kenny out to the boundary in certain situations. You know, I think it would be very effective as well. Like in situations where you want to get your best 11 guys on the field, he, he gives you the versatility to do that because he can do anything. He can set the net, set the edge in a run game. He can blitz the quarterback. He can play sideline to sideline at, at covering the deep post. You know, it's very rare you get a guy that can pretty much do everything. He's, he's the Swiss Army knife. You know, he's been that since he's been at LSU. And I think most places that he's been has done a good job of, you know, utilizing his skill set in many different ways because Tyron's not a guy that you can just – be stagnant with and leave him in one specific role you can do that but but you're really minimizing him and you're limiting him in a way so he can affect the game he's a game changer he's a playmaker you got to let him and put him in positions to make plays but as far as everything that I've heard um Dustin pretty much covered it I, we heard the same thing we actually talked about it before the show what we was hearing um Dustin heard three teams I actually had somebody call me and tell me he's leaning toward the Raiders uh if if Stephon Gilmore, you know, is trying to really get him to come over there, that would be scary, man. That would be scary with what that defense has added already and what they added on offense as well, man. I, I just got to see it. But I don't know. The Colts are definitely in the mix. I, I've been told that by multiple people. The Colts are in the mix. Hopefully they find a way to get it done. We all know Chris Ballard hates bidding wars. And that's what worries me, that the more teams that get involved, this thing will just turn into a bidding war. And, you know, Ballard's going to um, just fold his hand and back away from the table because that's just not how he operates. And, and I can't say whether it's right or wrong. You know, it's his philosophy and his way of doing things. So that's that on that Hey, end. man, don't get me wrong. I got mad love for my guy Trayvon Merrick. 
But oh, Oakland don't got no Darius Leonard. They don't have Darius Leonard making it easy for Tyron's job to be easier. They don't have DeForest Buckner in the middle. We got Yannick and Gakwe. What? Come on, get out, get out of here with Stephon Gilmore. He sucks. Get, get out of here with that. We got Kenny Moore. The thing helping us with Gilmore is he's not a Raider yet. Right. I, I think it could come down, like what he's talking about here is that if Gilmore ends up maybe getting pulled to the Bengals, Bengals aren't going to sign another safety. Nah. Um, so that would help us out a little bit more if Gilmore right. is not in Vegas to be able to hope Matthew There's comes my, and plays with him. So it's not like know, the Raiders got Max Crosby and Chandler Jones. Really. Yeah, I mean, who are, who are those guys, right, Mike? Yeah, I mean, who are those guys? I don't know who they no, are. I'm just – the, the Raiders are a really good football team, and they're, they're going to be really good next year. If he goes there, I don't think uh, people should be all up in arms. Now, will the timeline be on fire as soon as Matthew signs elsewhere? That That's the Colts for you. That's that's our there fan base, everybody. I know. Um, I'll say a corner as well, just real quick. Steven Nelson, I really wanted him last year, if you guys were <laughs> listening to the show. Um, really solid corner. Do I think he's like a lockdown number one guy? No, but I think he could step in and be your number one corner um, while you're trying to figure the corner spot out. Sign Steven Nelson to a two-year deal. Very similar system last year. He played in Philadelphia um, under Jonathan Gannon, who um, Eberflus um, – who is no longer here, ran a very similar coverage type. And Gus Bradley is going to be changing it up a little bit. Um, but that zone type uh, man match here and there is all, it's still going to be there. Um, so I think Steven Nelson would fit like a glove. Yeah, that was the guy at the top of my list as well. Uh, Steven Nelson. Um, I can't even think of anybody else that I, that, that's for as, a Ballard, for as a Ballard type of guy. Do not say Joe Hayden's name no. again. On this podcast, no, I, I'm just Stephen Nelson was better than when they both was in Pittsburgh. Stephen Nelson was the better corner, right? Joe Hayden had a very good career. Okay, just just putting that out there. Joe Hayden had a very good career. Joe Hayden is not good at football anymore. Let's just let's just stop. Hey, but Ballard loves those those vets. Get get that out of here. Another another guy to watch though. Kyle Fuller. P- I wouldn't be mad at Kyle Fuller. I Chris Harris Jr. Where was Kyle Fuller was visiting somewhere. Was Today really? or yesterday. I don't remember where he visited. He didn't sign, but he had visited somewhere. Another vet to watch, though. You're speaking of older guys. Patrick Peterson um, was with the Cardinals. Um, he was with the Vikings this past year. Um, he's a guy who – He can't be a number one corner, though. No. I mean, no. Him and Matthew are pretty close. Um, mm-hmm. There's yeah. been some rumblings that those two have some interest playing together um, if the right opportunity arose. Oh, if Patterson um, gets us Matthew, then sign him. So that's what I'm saying. Like, it just comes down to if that's something that really is interested and maybe uh, Matthew wants to play with him to the point that he would take a cut in salary to pay Peterson's salary. That gets a little interesting as well. We'll kind of see how that all plays out. But Patrick Peterson's a name to watch in the Tyron Matthew saga right now. Coach fans are going to say just sign Gilmore, Patrick Peterson, and Tyron Matthew. And right. There you go. You know, kill restructure, just restructure. Just keep, re- we'll have a hundred million dollars, everybody. <laughs> right. and, and we'll just run, we'll just run this league real quick. But right. one, uh, one name that I did want to point out and uh, Rashad did point to it earlier, you know, Kenny Moore could kick outside. If Gus Bradley would feel comfortable with Kenny Moore kicking outside and he still wanted to have a slot. K1 Williams is still out there. If you wanted to get him to get into the slot and you're comfortable with Kenny Moore being outside, that's another option that I think they could look to because uh, I'm a huge K1 Williams fan. 
can you imagine Kenny Moore and Isaiah Rogers on the outside and Kwan Williams on the inside? That is a slots small, That is a slots everywhere. Slots everywhere. Man, what's the tallest guy on the field at that moment? Five, they're listed at five, five ten, but they're actually five nine, five eight. No, Kwan Williams is what five ten, right? I mean, that's what they're listed at. But I mean, Kyler Murray's listed at five eleven. Ain't nobody <laughs> telling me that man ain't five six. I'm sorry. That would be Freaking terrible, dick, man. man. Well, that's a slap machine. I'm just, I'm just being honest. There ain't no way Kyler Murray is five eleven. That, that's what Ar- Vegas argue your do. mama. Argue your mama <laughs> if you think Kyler Murray is five eleven. No, he's not five eleven. And he not still ain't chance. got that contract, does he? Damn. Oh. They paid the coach, and the coach is bad. They paid the coach before they did the quarterback. Anyways, guys, uh, it's honey season. All right, I've got my honey. I bought it off Amazon for good luck. And I really hope it works out for us, guys. Uh, Maddie Ice is in Indianapolis now. I feel very good about 2022 again. I am going to be watching it happy instead of depressed now. So, guys, once again, we are the official Colts podcast of Fansided. Shout out Fansided again. You can check us out on there. If you want to listen to our podcast, we are everywhere. We're on Fansided as well. We are on Apple, uh, Spotify everywhere we also have if you go to our website bluestable.com we also have our episodes right there on, on the page so guys please check it out and we really do appreciate the support all of you guys have been giving whether if you're new colts fans that came from atlanta following matthew ryan or matthew ryan matt ryan if you're well, his name is matthew oh <laughs> uh, technically uh if, if you're here uh j- just following us guys we do tr- do truly Appreciate the support. We just reached 3,000 followers on our main Blue Stable account. Uh, guys, we couldn't just thank you enough, and we couldn't thank you enough for the support. And we're going to try and be out there at training camp, guys. We're definitely going to try. I'm definitely trying. Destin, pretty sure we'll be there. Rashad, Mr. Hollywood, uh, his private helicopter will probably fly him out there. So, <laughs> And like me, I have to take a taxi. Can't even get on the helicopter. So, guys, he is Rashad McGinnis. He is Destin Adams. I am Michael Pivia. Thank you once again for listening to the show. We will see you next week. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.